Happy Tuesday. Hello, America. It's Mike Opelka on the Pure Opelka podcast. And yes, I'm back for a second day in a row. As I said, this is a light week for radio next week. And in fact, the next two weeks, very heavy. Next week, I'll be doing mornings, sitting in for Nick Kale and Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And then the week after, after uh, Labor Day, I'll be in for Joe Pags Tuesday, Wednesday, and at least Thursday night. And that's national. Both of those you can get online. You can listen via your phone, your computer. I, I will be posting where and how you can get all of that because I'd love you to be there. So much to get to today. Yeah, it's a busy day. Tomorrow, of course, is the, uh, the big first GOP debate. And Donald Trump interviewed with Tucker Carlson. From what I understand, that interview has already been recorded and it will be posted around the same time as the debate is slated to start. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that fascinating? And I think it's a good move. I will be watching the Tucker piece and then I'll probably troll through the highlights of the debate because it's uh, it's kind of boring without Mr. Trump there. I'm just saying kind of boring. If you want me to watch, uh, get Donald Trump to show up. I will watch the Tucker thing. But as I said, it's already recorded. And so it, it should have some pretty good stuff. I'm imagining, just imagining. Uh, Joe Biden, remember him? Yeah, he's the sleepy guy. Was Donald Trump ever right by calling him Sleepy Joe? Uh, Joe Biden uh, interrupted his six-day vacation to fly to Maui for six hours. So he's on another vacation, this time in uh, Nevada, at the Lake Tahoe mansion of a very well-connected, super liberal Dem donor named Tom Steyer, a billionaire who has an $18 million lakefront home in Lake Tahoe. And uh, Joe says uh, they're paying market value for the rental. I'm wanting to see the receipts on that. I would just like to see the receipts. That's all I'm saying. Because if you're renting an $18 million mansion, you've got to be paying at least $150 for the week. You're still in the season, as they say. If we're to look at Martha's Vineyard or out in the Hamptons or on some of those uh, high-priced lakefront rentals, especially if it's an $18 million property, I guarantee it's $150,000 for the week. So hopefully we'll find out. There is an investigation into this rental, not just for Joe, but in, in that area, you have to have a permit to rent your place. And in the subdivision or the uh, gated community in which the mansion is built, you have to have the paperwork in order to rent. So we'll see if this is all above board. I'm sure nothing will be done if it's found not to be in compliance. Nothing. Because, let's face it, we're talking about Democrats. We're not talking about Republicans. So we'll, we will keep it on it. We'll report to you. But Joe flew to uh, Maui. And going to Maui, as he had promised, to uh, make the people feel better about losing their homes and losing at least 140 of their neighbors. The, the worst tragedy, fire tragedy in America in over 100 years. 
he finally got there. Reports from the road from the airport to the place where they held the events, there were people lining the roadsides with signs that said no comment and some other unkind things to Joe Biden, like too little, too late. And the, the F word was used a lot. But Biden had some problems. He did not look very good. If you watched it, and I watched it with the sound down for a while, you can see he was having trouble physically moving around. He has some um, arthritis in his spine, so it's not always easy to get around. And he's looking like a a feeble 80-year-old man right now, about to be 81, too. And then there was the shot where he appears to fall asleep. I don't know if he actually did fall asleep. It looked like he nodded off for a while. He's done that in several places, several international moments where he appears to have nodded off. And even once in the White House, if we remember, it's about uh, four or five weeks ago when the Israeli prime minister was in town and it looked like Joe fell asleep and this guy had to rouse him a little bit. But it was the, the forgetfulness and the insensitivity, I think, that hit me. The forgetfulness, Joe Biden forgetting the name of Maui, forgetting the name of the place where he was standing and speaking. There's still some burning on the big island, not the one that not the one where you see on television all the time. Oh, so there's still burning on the big island, but not on the one, you know, the thing, the one you see on TV all the time. Is he talking about Gilligan's Island? What island is he talking about? Seriously, you're standing in Maui. You're on the island of Maui, and you forget the name? There's still some burning on the big island, not the one, that, not the one where you, you see on television all the time. And then they went on to do an event with uh, the senators who represent Hawaii and the firemen who were there and some of the officials, the governor of Hawaii was there. And um, that didn't go so well because Joe tried to make it about himself and not about the people, not about the people who've been really hurt. You got to remember, this is in the middle of a six day vacation, just his latest vacation in an $18 million lakefront mansion where we're told he's paying fair market value. I guarantee you he didn't pay more than a thousand bucks for the week. I guarantee you. And let's not forget, Hunter secretly flew in, too. So Hunter's at the mansion as well. What are they planning? A defense, maybe? So Joe's there with the firemen, with the governor, with the two senators, other local dignitaries. And uh, he decides to make it not about the current 850-plus missing citizens and the 140-plus dead and the hundreds of buildings that are gone absolutely torched reduced to cinder rubble and ash he wants it to be about him about himself i don't want to compare difficulties but we have a little sense jill and i what it's like to lose a home no you don't You don't, sir. The story you're about to tell is not about losing a home. And I can speak to this because my wife and I lost everything we had inside our apartment in New York City due to a fire started by our neighbor. Everything. Okay, maybe we saved 5%. 
but everything is gone after a fire. I can show you the scorched interior. Everything is gone. Fire destroys everything. It's devastating. But you can rebuild. And we didn't lose any life in our fire. But Joe's trying to say that his kitchen fire from a few years ago was just as bad as what these people are experiencing. People who've lost family members, who've lost pets, who've lost everything they owned. Joe wants to make it about himself. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. The only thing that's true about that statement in terms of specifics was Joe was in D.C. about to make an appearance on Meet the Press. Here's the Associated Press report from August 2nd of 2004. Lightning struck the home of Senator Joseph Biden, starting a small fire that was contained to the kitchen. No one was injured in Sunday's fire, which started amid a storm that caused serious flooding in Pennsylvania. The home is in Delaware, by the way, and knocked out power to hundreds of Delaware homes and businesses. Biden is Delaware's senior senator and the top Democrat on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. His wife, Jill, reported the fire Sunday morning, officials said. Many lightning strikes were reported in Newcastle County, where the Biden home is. Firefighters arrived to find heavy smoke coming from the house, but were able to keep the flames from spreading beyond the kitchen, said Cranston Heights Fire Company Chief George Lamborn. Quoting Lamborn, luckily, we got it pretty early. The fire was under control in 20 minutes. Close quote. Last statement. That's the totality of the article from the Associated Press. There was a fire. It affected the kitchen. They got a new kitchen. It didn't affect the garage, which is a separate building away from the house. It didn't even come close to taking Joe's precious Corvette. Was he worried because he knew there were documents in the boxes in the garage with the Corvette? Was he concerned about that? At no time was his wife's life in danger. At no time. They got a kitchen out of it. He's an insensitive prig. P-R-I-G. Look it up. It is just insane. Yeah. And then he went back. After spending about six hours in Maui, they took Air Force One back. And Joe Biden was telling the uh, people, uh, we're going to be here as long as it takes. Wait a minute. Isn't that what you told the people of Ukraine? We'll be here as long as it takes. Well, it took you 13 days to show up. And you've offered every household a $700 payment. 700 bucks. Most of these people who've lost their homes are going to have to live in hotels while they figure out what insurance will give them 
Will they be able to rebuild? Will they be able to be uh, living in that area on the island, making a living until such time as they can rebuild? These are all questions also uh, being asked by the people of East Palestine. 171 days ago, the derailment happened in East Palestine, and Joe Biden promised he would visit. He has not been there. He has not gotten there. One of the residents was on Fox News yesterday talking about that very fact. It's terrifying waking up and thinking that you don't know if your environment is safe. 60% of us are below poverty guidelines. So, you know, this is not an area that can just pack up their things and move, you know, across the country or get an apartment or, you know, wait and see. As we've heard that so many Americans are a $400 emergency away from bankruptcy, the people in East Palestine, I don't even think they've been offered the $700 check. Have they? Fox had more reporting on the East Palestine disaster that is being avoided by this administration, it seems. And is it because they're poor or they're Republicans or both? East Palestine's mayor says there is probably more the White House could do to help expedite the cleanup, but it has been 170 days now since President Biden said he would come visit, and there still aren't any plans in place for that visit to happen. They're a no-show here, and you know they haven't been around, haven't really heard from them. But now that you know everything's calmed down, it would be nice to have him come, um, show that you know he cares about the village, and you know he can see what's actually going on here. Uh, that's not happening. It's not going to happen. Uh, And Mayor Pete hasn't shown up either. Anyone seen Mayor Pete in a while? (laughs) I have not. It is just obvious that this administration is pandering to Democrat areas only and avoiding helping those folks in East Palestine 171 days. Talk about the forgotten man. Yeah, really. And at the same time, we're looking at the polls, and uh, Biden seems to be holding at his low rating. You'd think it would be even lower. I would. I would think his numbers would be even worse than they are. Uh, CNN's worried, though. They're worried because Donald Trump has risen over the last year versus Joe Biden over the last year in the general polling has dropped considerably. Look at these. One point. One point. If you go back at where we were at this point four years ago, Joe Biden's lead was high single digits to low double digits. So this idea that Donald Trump can't win the general election, I want you to lose that idea. Donald Trump is polling better right now than basically at any point during the entire 2020. Hmm. Even though he's got four indictments and now has to put up uh, what the bond was set at 20 bail was set at $20,000. Did they think he's a flight risk? Really, Georgia? Seriously? Mr. Trump expected to turn himself in tomorrow, Thursday, which means Friday's going to be mugshot Friday, isn't it? Yes, we're going to have the Trump mugshots and the fundraising will begin. Uh, Also, CNN's not the only one worried about Donald Trump winning. Over at MSNBC, Joe Scarborough and his crew are terrified. They're worried that, God forbid, Donald Trump's elected again. We'll lose everything. The consequences of losing uh, uh, any candidate losing to Donald Trump and him becoming the next president 
catastrophic for American democracy. If these people were to gain power again, then I, I really do think for, for the only the second time in American history, we would put our, mm -hmm. our collective fate at risk. Oh, no. You're going to hear more of this. You'll see more hand-wringing. They are losing their minds if they had minds left to lose. It, it really is sad. They're panicked. And let's go back over to CNN because they had a focus group that talked to people of color, voters of color. And they asked them questions about how they felt about Joe Biden and what he's done. What the Biden economy, Bidenomics, as the, as the party likes to say, as the Democrats like to say. How's Bidenomics treating you? You conducted a focus group uh, recently, and you did so with uh, Biden supporters, mostly people of color ex or exclusively people of color. All people of color. All people of color. And I just want to put some of the adjectives used by the people you spoke with. Discouraged, pathetic, pessimistic, the lowest it's been. You know, Dana, what we're finding in these focus groups and the reason we are laser focused on young voters and, and, and voters of color is because what we've learned is that when the president's approval rating drops by two or three points nationally, it's because it's dropped by 10 or 20 points amongst his base. And that base of young people, of people of color, are, are growing frustrated with a lack of perceived progress. So this Terrence guy who put together this survey just gave us a pretty interesting factoid that when you see Biden's national ratings drop by one or two points, that means his base, his internal base, has dropped by 20 percentage points. 20 percentage points. That's huge. That means the internal polling that the Democrats are seeing has got to be having them scared. And that may be the reason why you're starting to hear a lot of reports about Joe Biden that are not exactly positive from the left side of the mainstream media. Are they getting ready to finally ease him out? I think so. He looks so tired yesterday. Uh, they still want you to believe, though, he cares about people, that he's Mr. Empathy, that he's, he is the man of the people, except he keeps screwing it up. Our friends over at the Washington Free Beacon, who just do incredible stuff, put together a montage of the administration and their mouthpieces talking about just how much Joe Biden cares about the people, how much he loves the people and wants to be the guy who unites us and helps everybody. And it's followed by a montage of Joe Biden doing just the opposite. If you know this president, you know how much he cares about people and has the ability to recognize pain, to feel others' pain, and to comfort. He has empathy. He cares about people. That that's actually how the Biden era starts, with real empathy. Empathy is his calling card. I, I think I probably right. have a much higher IQ than you do. Finish it. Look, Pat, look, here's the deal. What a stupid son of a bitch. I have six grandchildren. Seven. How come they haven't acknowledged the seventh grandchild? I'm not going to speak to that from here. Do you still have plans to go to East Palestine, Mr. President? No. I guess I'm just struggling to understand why the president wouldn't go to East Palestine. Look, I don't... I, I, it's... Is Biden's empathy factor and how he always tries to make these connections with people. A local Maui official said a large number of the dead may have actually been children. The president faces mounting criticism 
for not going to Hawaii right away to tour the devastation. He says he'll visit soon, but for now, he's set to vacation in Lake Tahoe for nearly a week starting this Friday. And it, is, uh, it is refreshing to have empathy from the leader uh, of the country. Oh, is it? Is it now? Well done, Washington Free Beacon. If you're not following them, their YouTube channel is excellent. They've got a lot of great stuff, put together some moments every week that will uh, irritate you and educate you at the same time. That's what we need. Irritation and education. All right, let's, uh, let's spend a second or two talking about the debate tomorrow. The official qualifiers for the debate. There's only eight without Donald Trump, who said he's not going to go to any primary debates. It's his prerogative. Uh, Governor Doug Burgum. Remember the guy who said he'll give you a $20 gift card if you send him a buck so he could get to the 40000 donor level? And I sent him a buck and I got my gift card, my Biden stimulus card. Governor Chris Christie, Governor Ron DeSantis, Ambassador Nikki Haley, Governor Asa Hutchinson, Vice President Mike Pence, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Senator Tim Scott. Those are the eight. Not making the list. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, who tried to hoodwink the uh, GOP and tell them, oh, yeah, I've got the donors. They checked. You don't. Larry Elder, who's a great guy, good radio host, not a president. Nice try. Will Hurd, congressman, I believe. Yes. Uh, Perry Johnson, the one nobody really knows him. Uh, and then anybody else who's filed. So uh, on Friday, both Johnson, Perry Johnson and Suarez announced they'd qualified. Uh, so they might be challenging the RNC's determination. They had until 48 hours before the debate to meet the criteria. I don't think those guys are going to be on the stage. One of the interesting things in some of the polling, Vivek Ramaswamy is now ahead of Governor DeSantis. So that's an interesting development. And then today in the uh, New York Post, in the opinion pages, today, August 23rd, right here, that's the opinion page, uh, Vivek put out his campaign commandments, 10 commandments. Really interesting. He said he wrote these 10 truths on a notebook months ago while he was flying from New Hampshire to Ohio. And he said the inspiration came from Thomas Jefferson's original words in the uh, Declaration of Independence, quoting, we hold these truths to be sacred and undeniable. I think it's self-evident, isn't it? I'll see. But in terms of Vivek's Ten Commandments, check them out. Number one, God is real. And he talks about faith a little bit. Uh, number two, there are two genders. There are two sexes. If you have an XX chromosome, you're a woman. If you have XY chromosomes, you're a man. Period. Boom. Number three, human Flourishing requires fossil fuels. And we'll talk about this because the Democrats are making a huge push to get rid of all fossil fuels within six and a half years. It's insane. Number four, reverse racism is racism. That's right. If you try to fix perceived racism by being more racist, you're just a racist yourself. Number five, an open border is no border. Simple, right? And it's getting worse on the border. No border. No border means no country. Number six, parents determine the education of their children. 
The kids belong to mom and dad. They don't belong to the state, despite what everybody at MSNBC believes. Number seven kind of relates to that. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known. According to Vivek's uh, piece here, a quarter of kids in America don't have a dad in the house. And it gets worse in some of the crime-riddled areas of Chicago, for example. One of the most dangerous parts of Chicago, 80% of the households have no father figure. 80%. And because of that, those kids, kids in those homes are four times more likely to be poor and 20 times more likely to end up in jail. Privilege has nothing to do with your skin color, but it does have to do with a stable family environment. That's a point he makes, and it's absolutely spot on. Number eight, capitalism lifts people up from poverty. Bono said that too. Yeah, Bono. You too is Bono. I agree with both these guys. Uh, number nine, there are three branches of the U.S. government, not four. Boy, oh boy, this is a good one. According to Ramaswamy, the biggest open secret in modern America, the people we elect to run the government don't actually run the government. He says, quote, I will replace civil service protections with eight-year terms for bureaucrats. Civil service rules protect against individual federal employee firings, but they don't apply to large-scale reductions in force. Interesting shrink the government. And number 10, the U.S. Constitution is the strongest guarantor of freedoms in history. Yeah, the Constitution was meant to limit the people who were elected, not to limit the people who elected them. Let's see how he does tomorrow. I think you're going to see a, an attack dog in Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie, and I believe you'll see some strength from Tim Scott I don't see much hope for Mike Pence at this point. Asa Hutchinson, no, as well. And uh, Doug Burgum, who? He's just trying to get his name out there. Maybe we'll learn something tomorrow. Maybe we will. As I mentioned, uh, while the uh, GOP is pushing, you know, the Constitution, individual responsibility, fossil fuels, returning to America for prosperous uh situations to make our country energy independent again. The left is out there pushing a massive change. In fact, there are four American cities that have set a target to ban meat, dairy, and private vehicles by 2030. Think about it. What would your life be if you were not allowed to own a vehicle? You couldn't own a, uh, a car, a motorcycle? And you'd be dependent upon hiring either a robotic electric vehicle or, or some kind of uh, city transportation. And you couldn't have meat or dairy because of the weather, right? Meat or dairy. 14 cities. Is your city among them? Austin, Boston, Chicago, Houston, L.A., Miami, New Orleans, New York City, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Portland, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and Seattle. Not a surprise in any of those. They call them the C40 cities. They want to get zero carbon in those cities. 
That's the desired goal, as they say. That's our target. By 2030, 2030, if that happens, people are going to die. It's just awful. Just awful. Uh, If you want to see the story, I should tweet out a link to this. Uh, The story is in the uh, Federalist.com. 14 American cities have a target of banning meat, dairy, and private vehicles. Imagine, private you can't have a private car. How dare you? How dare you want a private car? Judge Jeanine Pirro uh, the other day on The Five explaining uh, all the things that climate change causes. Let me tell you what climate change is responsible for, the new scapegoat. Climate change is responsible for hate speech. (laughs) It is that climate change is responsible and has an effect uh, on the babies in the womb. Climate change is to blame for rising childhood obesity, for strengthening ISIS, the Taliban. It will cause murders, rapes, and assaults to rise. Screenwriter says climate change could cause real-life Sharknado. And it goes on and on. (laughs) It does go on and on. And they figure if they can end the carbon, they can end climate change. And that will end all of those things. Racism, all the other crazy things that Judge Jeanine was mocking there. And Democrats really believe this. For example, the governor in the state of Washington, Jay Ensley, who at one time talked about becoming a presidential candidate, he wants decarbonization immediately. He's already talking about how we need it to change the weather because the fact of the matter is there's a beast at our door and that's the beast of climate change it seems like the whole world is on fire we need to defend ourselves from climate change we need to to decarbonize our economy so these fires don't ravage us there's not enough fire trucks in the world to protect us if we don't stop climate change well you know what would happen if you actually manage the forest the way people want you to manage them the way they're supposed to be managed, then uh, you wouldn't have these wildfires like we're having in New Jersey and across parts of the country right now. And Canada. Thank you, Canada. So, Governor Ensley, with all due respect, you're wrong, sir. You're not even close to being right. You and Wright have never been in the same town. So, uh, it's, uh, I'm sorry to break this news to you on my podcast, but there it is. There was more yesterday. There are rumors now that the Biden administration is stocking up on equipment and supplies to get ready for masking and lockdowns. And we have universities around the country telling students, unless you're vaccinated, you can't come back to school on campus. You'll have to do virtual studying. And if you want to be in the classroom, you also have to wear a mask. I'm old enough to remember that Joe Biden told Scott Pelley at 60 Minutes that uh, the pandemic was over. It was just it was just last year, actually. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. The pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, they are. They are. Now, we're going to have a a variant, but we know how to treat it. Uh, Yesterday, the FDA said we, we are not approving ivermectin, but you can still get it prescribed. Huh? How does that work? (laughs) Seriously, how does that work? These people are crazy. They're crazy. Don't let them drive you crazy. Just make sure we vote them out. Every last one of them. Every stinking last one of them. All right. uh, 
let's take a turn here because it's it's time we got a little health information to make us stronger and live longer and all that good stuff. Our buddy Dr. Michael Royzen is joining us. Dr. Royzen from the Cleveland Clinic. He's the man behind a bazillion books. He wrote a bunch of bestsellers with Dr. Oz, but the the Age Proof Life series is great. What to Eat When is great. And his latest, The Great Age Reboot, which is what started the website, longevityplaybook.com. Longevityplaybook.com. That's the biggie. You got to go there today. Longevityplaybook.com. And let's talk about what Dr. Royzen wants to share with us in order to make us live younger, live healthier, live longer. Welcome, my friend. Glad you're here. It's always a privilege, Michael. Well, now, uh, you got to tell us before we go on, did you get a hole-in-one this weekend? No, I did not. I, I only, I had a, um, I had a restriction on play this weekend, but I played better, but I didn't get a hole-in-one. I, I got new irons about three weeks ago, and I'm just starting to figure out how to hit them. And I'm getting closer and closer. But I, I got a feeling we're going to end the year with a hole-in-one somewhere, somehow. Perfect. Okay. I'm just – I'm working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to the range, Doc, because, you know, they say practice is important. And maybe it in, is. In, in everything. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. Uh, Dr. Royzen sends me a list of topics every week of stories with research behind them. And I, I kind of wander through and pick out the ones I like, but I learned a secret. The ones at the top are your favorites, Doctor. So let's go right to the top. Uh, PPIs, those are, those are those drugs that help people with uh, acid reflux. Is, is that the correct? That, that's exactly right. They're protein pump inhibitors, meaning you produce less acid um, in your stomach. So... 15 million people take these uh, on a daily basis every year, um, and they're clearly great relief, um, And but they do cause um, some problems. Um, because you don't kill bacteria, Clostridium difficile-associated diarrhea is more common, and Clostridia diff is more common. You also, because you don't absorb certain things, you get vitamin B12 deficiency. You, in addition to not making as much acid, you don't make as much um, intrinsic factor, which is needed for that absorption. And then bone fractures and pneumonia are more common. The bone fractures, because you don't absorb calcium as well, and pneumonia, um, and, and leach out calcium. And then pneumonia, again, because you're not killing the bacteria with the acid in your stomach. So for 5.5 years, researchers followed uh, 5,700 folks, 80, uh, 45 and older, who did not have dementia. And they found that taking the, these drugs, Prevacid um, is one of them, and uh, like Prilosecus yeah. is another one. Yeah. For 4.4 years, um, a 33 higher risk of, de of dementia in that four-year period. So... Um, there is another badness from what do you do? The, the idea is take vacations from them. So um, first find out what the trigger is. Is it tomatoes? Is it coffee? Is it pepper? Is it alcohol? Is it eating late at night? Is it, you know, chocolate? Those are the common uh, culprits, peppermint, fried food, spicy food, carbonated beverages. 
if you if, and then starting to go to sleep three hours after your last meal and eating a small meal in the in bedtime and before you even take a nap so you don't want to lie down after you've eaten second and one of the great things is just walk for 15 minutes after you've eaten the second thing is if you can't do it take vacations meaning two weeks on two weeks off of the Prilosec or the Prevacid and see if that'll work important to take Prilosec and Prevacid don't stop taking it without talking to your doc because esophageal disease uh, can come from too much GERD that is too much reflux that acid in the esophagus can cause real problems in your esophagus but you want to um, work with your doc and your lifestyle to change your risks so we're talking about these over-the-counter, they used to be prescription, now they're over-the-counter medications called PPIs, proton pump inhibitors, that you would take if you suffer from heartburn, gastric reflux, you know, that, that uh, it's horrible. I've had heartburn a couple times, not, not often, at night. And Doc, I usually wake up in the middle of the night if it happens, or if I get the heartburn, and I just take a couple of uh, things like Tums. So I don't have, a, and it solves it instantly. But the people who have real serious GERD or this, uh, this reflux, they, they take these medications and it suppresses the acid production, which breaks down the food in your system. So the lack of that acid means you're not absorbing all the goodness of the food you're eating. Can you take additional supplements to make up for that? Well, well, well. In fact, it, 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 you're getting a lot of the goodness of the food. Your bile acids, once you, it gets to your small intestine, do a lot of that. So I don't want to think you're missing some of the, as many of the nutrients. Um, you're not absorbing some of them and you're not killing the bad stuff, the bacteria and viruses as well from that stomach acid. That's a real potent acid. Um, and so, yeah, so you don't really need to take anything extra to get the goodness of the food. Um, what you need to do is, is change your lifestyle a little bit so that that, uh, sphincter, there's a little, um, if you will, closing muscle around your gastroesophageal junction. So if, if we're talking to young people here, you don't want to ruin that junk, that muscle, uh, by stretching it too much, by eating like uh, Joey Chestnut does on the uh, um, July 4th. But yeah. what you want to do is to get that to function well again and to get you to function well again by having a relatively empty stomach anytime you lie down. Um, and so taking uh, the over-the-counter Tums or stuff like that will work. If that works, that's great. Um, but again, what you really want to do is eat smaller meals um, anytime before three hours before you're going to lie down for uh, even a nap or and especially for bedtime and to do a little physical activity, just 15 minutes of walking to get that stomach emptying. Now, it, it, it is going to be one of the problems for people on Ozempic and um, Wagova and uh, Manjaro. Um, because uh, they get gastroparesis, they don't get stomach emptying. Um, that's why we want people on those drugs to stop uh, those drugs, uh, you know, t uh, 15 or 20 days before surgery.
The most important message here from Dr. Roizen in all of these discussions we have is to make sure you have a conversation with your doctor about what you're doing, whether it's dealing with uh, your gastric reflux, you've got the acid reflux from GERD, and talk to your doc about the medications you're taking. Uh, that conversation is really vital because your doctor knows uh, obviously more than, than you know, and it's, yeah. it's a good thing. And write down your questions in advance so you don't forget them well, and so they good. can be done in a relatively uh, efficient fashion for you and your doc. All right. Yeah, I agree with that because I always forget. I leave the building like, oh, I forgot about that. Uh, doc, years ago, I remember the, the outrage in New York City when Mayor Michael Bloomberg, then Mayor Michael Bloomberg, was telling people, we have to get rid of the trans fats and all our food. And they did, and we all griped about it, saying trans fats made food delicious. And uh, um, I, I guess they're now getting rid of them in, in canned goods. Why are trans fats so bad? Well, what trans fats do is they change the receptors on your cells to allow cholesterol to get into the lining of the cells easier. They're responsible for someplace around 50,000 heart attacks in the U.S. Now, let me give you the history. 2003, Canada and Europe banned trans fats totally because of this. Um, the U.S. Um, tried to get um, our uh, food companies, it's mainly the processed food companies that make it in uh, food, to, and some of the fast food companies that had them partially hydrogenated vegetable oils in uh, the fried fryers they used um, to try and ban them in the U.S. 2004, the FDA issued a statement on it and tried to get the companies to voluntarily do it. Most of them did voluntarily at least reduce it below half a percent so they didn't have to put it on the label. Um, but uh, then in 2015, that's 11 years later in the U.S., they went through another process trying to get rid of it in the U.S. Again, the lobbying was st stiff and tight at the FDA. And uh, finally, 2023, they put an order in so that in 2024, I think it's April 1st, 2024, there won't be trans fats at all. We'll catch up. Uh, if you will, 21 years later, as what Canada did to help its citizens now. So 50,000 deaths per year in the U.S. still caused by this will go away, we hope, mostly. We've reduced death rates, believe it or not, from heart attack and stroke by 4% per year since 1970. So if, if the same population occurred, we'd have about 850,000 deaths per year from heart disease and stroke, we have about uh, 390,000 from uh, heart disease and stroke now in the U.S. So we've reduced it by over 50% what would have occurred because of smoking cessation, because of statins, because of blood pressure and LDL cholesterol control and even inflammation control. So those things are all helping us reduce it. Um, meaning people will live with less disability longer because of this. So getting rid of trans fats, we're a little late, 21 years after Canada, but we're on our way. 
Well, that's good news. That's very good news. I have time for one more here, Doc. And my wife puts cinnamon on her English muffin every morning, and she says it's for the taste. And now I'm hearing, uh, or at least you might tell me, that cinnamon can help in controlling type 2 diabetes. Yeah, it's C-Y-L-O-N, cinnamon, C-E-Y-L-O-N. I learned a whole bunch in this story. It comes from Sri Lanka um, and uh, Sri Lanka and uh, not any place else. It is. It does decrease your blood sugar temporarily. It doesn't hold it down very long, but it is great tasting. So it is a benefit in um, both being pleasurable for your taste, if you like it, as well as decreasing your blood sugar temporarily by a little bit. Um, and in the latest study, it decreased your overall A1C, hemoglobin A1C, which is a 90-day reading of your glucose reading by a little bit as well. So it's not harmful, and uh, your wife does the right thing for managing her blood glucose, and especially if she likes the taste. She does, but I don't think this is an excuse for us to go get a big Cinnabon at the mall and eat that giant No, no, no. Roll. In fact, the, the <laughs> Cinnabon at the mall is loaded with added sugar, so that's that's no, you know, there it's it's one positive and ten negatives. You want to keep your blood sugar. Remember, one of the things we learned uh, probably from Michael Bloomberg also when he was mayor was to decrease the amount of sugar. He, he had the sugar tax on uh, beverages. The sodas, I think. He yeah. Started it, and that was a good thing. You want to limit your added sugars to four grams or less per hour. So one cinnamon bond is probably about 40 grams of uh, added sugar. So that's um, t what it, what, that was two days worth in one little thing. They should call it a cinnabom because it literally is a sugar bomb for your system. Right. Uh, it's not, it's not, and by the way, sugar isn't just bad for diabetes. It is bad for your heart disease, stroke, memory loss, and cancer, impedes your immune system. Sugar in your white cells stops them from functioning. I don't, we don't know why, but they stop engulfing bacteria and grabbing viruses when you get too much sugar in your white cells. So um, limit the sugar, people. You'll have wonderful benefits across the health spectrum. Dr. Michael Roizen is our friend. He's also one of the guys behind the, uh, the fabulous website. You should, you should visit it, longevityplaybook.com. Help you live longer and live younger, which is really important. Make yourself a genetic engineer. Turn back the clock. My friend, thanks. Let's do it again soon. My privilege. Thank you. 